plan out your day, plan out your week and read some fucking books, man. When I was 18, I did not read any fucking books. And I feel like, I, I feel like I'm so far behind on reading books, but it was just one thing I could not sit, sit down and read a book. But I feel there's so much insight, insightful books out there. So that, that would be one thing, man. Read some fucking books. Welcome to the Dreaming Out Loud family where young entrepreneurs come to get inspired, learn the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan Nelson. And each week, I'm going to bring you the most epic guests to share their stories and wisdom to help you expand your mind of what's truly possible in your world. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dreaming Out Loud with your host, me, Morgan T. Nelson. Look, guys, before we get started in today's interview, I'm obligated to share something with you that's been a complete freaking game changer to my life. If you want to grow any kind of business or grow yourself, grow your income or pursue your dream, do you know where it all actually starts? It starts with your health. So your outer world is a direct reflection of your inside world. So when you're thinking clearer and sharper, and you're feeling healthier, happier, and you've got more energy and vitality, everything around you starts to amplify. So that's why I have one of these bad boys every single day. It's called BEA or a beer is what I call it. It stands for botanical energy and adaptogens. So guys, this is straight up the world's healthiest energy drink. It's been a complete game changer in my life and my business. It's jam-packed full of all the good stuff that our bodies actually need every single day and it has a full serving of vegetables, but tastes nothing like it, thank God, right? That's pretty good. Uh, it's so freaking easy. I love it. It's so easy to be able to swap this out for a coffee. Like I used to be a coffee fanatic, energy drink fanatic, and this is just way, way, way better to swap it out for these things. You know, when I used to be a carpenter, I lived off energy drinks because I knew that I needed it to get through the big days of work. Otherwise, I'd just crash out. But I also knew the damage it was doing to my body every single day. And if I continued doing it, I knew that ultimately my life would just start to get even worse than what it was. So I'm so freaking stoked that now I've got my hands on this drink, that it's got a nourishing blend of raw nutrients sourced from whole fruit, fruits, and vegetable ingredients, guys. And it's got none of the bad stuff that ruins the insides of your bodies. So if you guys want to grab your case of BEA, then jump in the link of this episode right now, and you're going to get 25% off as one of my listeners. All right? Jump in right now, grab yours, and come and share a can with me. All right? Now, let's get into this interview. Today's guest is a little bit different from someone who would usually have on the show, but he's definitely achieved some epic freaking things in his 27 years on this earth so far. Being a reality TV star on the show Love Island in the USA, and he's also a huge advocate for bringing awareness around mental health after struggling with his addiction to drugs and alcohol, being a club promoter in New York City. So, he's been able to get sober, move back over to Ireland. Uh, where he's now pursuing his dreams and becoming financially free. And this Christmas, he's actually running a marathon in under 24 hours to raise awareness for mental health. So please help me welcome the guy who went from being addicted to drugs and alcohol, going through rehab, coming out the other end, being on one of the biggest TV shows in the world, now sober and pursuing his dreams all the way from Ireland, my friend, Mr. Cormac Murphy. What's the story, man? Love What's that. the story? Uh, love that intro. I've never had a long <laughs> intro like that before, but I can, I can get, I certainly get used to that. Mate, you deserve it. You freaking deserve Thank it. Thank you. So, no, I appreciate um, you having me, bro. Mate, I'm glad, I'm glad I could bring you on. I'm glad we can make this happen. Um, a, because I just love Irish. I, lo- I love Irish yeah. people. It's actually Thank in my you. blood, you know. I forgot to tell you that. Um, everyone, everyone says that though, right? Everyone. Yeah, everyone just tries. To, everyone's <laughs> trying to be a poser, right? Uh, no, it was my, my granddad was Irish. Um, Unreal. Unreal. Yeah, so... 
mum's um, mum's maiden name's Garen. So there you go. That shows okay, my, okay, my authenticity. I'm, okay, I'm, I believe you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't ask you for any papers. I'll, I'll believe yeah. you. <laughs> and my, my parents were actually going to call me Connor. But they call oh, me Morgan. Okay, okay. So that means, you know, if I had him in Connor, they would have been like, okay, no, nah, he's definitely Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. Well, man, so happy to have you on here. Um, like I said, definitely a different kind of story to what we usually have on here. Usually people have already created massive success and made millions and doing all these things. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the idea of the show is to kind of a show people that, you know, you're bigger than your excuses and you can go and create some awesome things and follow your dreams. And then also, you know, bring out the rawness of what most people's journeys are actually like and hear a little bit more about where you're going. So I'm super pumped to kind of um, dig into all this. Um, But dude, take us back a little bit so we can kind of get a bit of this Um, Mm storyline. What happened first? Going on the TV show or the New York City club promoting yeah, so I moved to New York. So just 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 uh, uh, just so everyone knows, I'm from a small town called Ennis, County Clare in Ireland, which is like the southwest region of Ireland. Um, my mother is actually American, so my mother's from New Jersey. So I always had that American passport. And eventually, when I moved back from Brisbane, Australia, um, I decided to go to New York. And that was September 2016, man, so a little over four years ago. And my brother had just recently opened his bar outside in Queens. So I said, fuck this, man. I'm going to New York. Like, you know, I've always wanted to live in New York. Um, you know, you always see it in the movies, every scene, Spider-Man, all these movies, everything shot in New York. And um, you hear so, so many things about New York. So I was like, okay. Got on a plane to New York, 2016. Um, was doing my bartending, kind of worked in construction. Um, I'd started modeling over there a little bit. And um, I suppose that's kind of looking back and now that's kind of when my, my party, the party album kind of came out of me a little bit, you know. Um, I started, obviously started dabbling in drugs in Australia, but it really kind of escalated when I moved to New York. But the, t- the reality TV didn't come up for another, I think it was my second or third year in New York. But I had done some interviews with MTV shows. Um, I had a casting director, so he was throwing all these different types of reality TV shows at me. But you know yourself, <laughs> a lot of reality TV, bro, it's absolute trash. So uh, although I did go through those castings, um, you know, I didn't take a lot of shows. But I eventually got this MTV show called Are You The One? And um, similar to Love Island dating show, they put you on an island, and blah, 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 all this drama yeah. shit. And um, I got the show, so I ended up quitting my bartending job. So I told my boss, see you later. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I didn't hear anything for about two months. So in the meantime, I was, I'd met these guys who were in, um, met these Irish guys who were promoters in the nightclub. And about two months later, I contacted my cast director. I was like, what's going on? He said, long story short, they're not going ahead with the season. So I'm unemployed here at this stage. Like, you know, I, I had a bit of money saved up. I was going out partying with uh, these Irish promoters. And then also they had asked me to come on full time with them. So I go from working construction, going to Barton, thinking I'm going on a reality show, but I'm actually full time in a uh, promoter. Full, to, full, I'm a full time promoter in the biggest nightclubs in New York. So it was, um, it was strange times, but it was good times. It's a wild scene there. Um, yeah, what yeah. was what I found interesting? You so you said the whole like kind of drug phase or anything started happening when you come to Australia, and mm. yeah, you know, that that's what happens when you get an Irish person and an Australian person mixed together. 
<laughs> bad, bad things happen. Recipe for disaster, right? <laughs> it is a recipe for disaster. It's like Australians with Canadians or Irish people, like just don't get around them. It's like it's that's a that's a no. big night. That's one night that turns into a I, week. <laughs> I know. I think realtors should actually find out who's moving into these certain areas and if there's yeah. a Canadian, Irish or Australian, they should just yeah. separate them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep that social distancing happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Um, man, so what, what I find really cool though, so you, so you get to New York, um, you, you, you kind of just scratched over that like it was nothing. Like you're like, oh, it's the next time I'm on a TV show. How? Because there's so many people listening and I was even having this talk with my friend the other day. I said, you know what I want to do in my lifetime? Um, I want to go on a TV show. Like, I don't want to die and not mm. give it a go. I just want to give it a crack, right? Because I, I want to do everything. But that's still like a, yeah. that's a huge next level. So how the hell do you just go from, you know, you said you're here in Australia working and stuff, then you go over to America. How does that just happen? Like, that, you don't just wake up one day and someone goes, hey, dude, you're on a TV show. Was this something you're, like, was this a dream of yours or was it something you were just doing for fun or what? Um, it definitely wasn't a dream of mine to go on a reality show, but I suppose, you know, I come from a family of six kids, um, come from a small town. So I've, I've always wanted to stand out. I've always wanted to do something that people kind of look at like, Oh, look, look at what Cormac's doing. Um, so something, something different, something that catches the eye from everyone else. Um, I suppose that was why I moved to New York because it's a land of opportunity, like, you know, um, but I suppose I wanted to make it in the modeling side of things first. <clears throat> and I suppose that kind of took a back step once I, once I went into nightlife because I was constantly partying, constantly drinking, constantly using. So my goals were being put on the footpath, if you could say. Um, <clears throat> and with the reality TV, I suppose the opportunity just came. I was lucky enough in that sense, have a small little bit of a, a following on Instagram before I went on a show just from being a promote, promoter in New York. So... I suppose these opportunities came my way and I was, I was never, I'm, I'm never one to turn down a good opportunity. Um, and I suppose, as I said before, I wanted to stand out. So no better way of standing out than going on a reality TV show in America. Yeah. Well, I want to, we want, I want to get into it soon. Um, yeah, of course. But obviously you didn't find love on the island there, right? <clears throat> we'll go into that in a second did not find love. <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer Dude, there's no love on the island uh, no. um <laughs> so club promoting in in new york city is this where kind of you know the environment there and like i've never been a club promoter but obviously i used to be a massive party animal um you know i can imagine being in that scene nearly every night right it's just the the yeah. environment would kind of suck you down into this path is that kind of what happened yeah i kind of did i suppose looking back at it now um i suppose when i first started <clears throat> it was all very new to me man the just the environment the scene the women the celebrities you're you're bumping into um who's the coolest the celebrity you bumped into when you're doing it um i suppose I ended up taking out some people. I hosted, I hosted a couple of tables with um, Cuba Cuddy Jr. So a, a friend of mine who was, uh, you know, Cuba Cuddy, you know the actor, you know, from oh. Jerry Maguire, show me the, show me the money. I have to check it out. <laughs> I know that yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cuba Cuddy Jr. You'd know him. He's a, he's a, he's a big time actor. Um, <clears throat> I suppose, man, there'd be artists in the clubs nearly every night. So it could be French Montana, Flowrider, um, Jay Sean those type of people like um but we ended up taking out um 
Anthony Joshua, who's the heavyweight champ of the world. So we were we were taking him out when he came to New York. Israel Alessandra and um, Izzy Stylebender. I took him out a couple of times when he was um, in New York as well. So um, it kind of went from you know the first couple of months standing outside a club in New York and no one knowing you to a year later and you're kind of taking out these um, these athletes and these celebrities and that as well. So we moved up the ladder pretty fast. But yeah, man, the environment was just, it was addictive, man. It was addictive. It was nothing, mm. like, nothing like anything I've been, been involved with before. Um, and I fucking, <clears throat> I loved it. I loved it from the very first night. Um, I won't say all the way until, I, until my last night because that's where I was struggling. But 80% of the time I was having a good time, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about it then. What, what, what was the whole, what was this whole scene like? You know, because there's probably so many people, you know, the kinds of people that probably tune into this podcast are ones very into self-growth, self-development, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to mm-hmm. become the best versions of themselves. But everyone starts at different points. Like when I first started self-development, I was still reckless as hell, you know? Okay. So, so it's good. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be interesting to kind of hear, you know, where were you at? What was it kind of all like? Yeah, I suppose... <sighs> Man, like you said there before, like you're a party animal. I was always, I won't say I was a party animal, but um, because we, I think we would have been I really started, bad together. We would have been really yeah, bad. That's together. why we're doing this over. That's why, that's why it over. has to be done on We are never, ever going to be meeting in person. <laughs> we're never allowed to meet. No, because it, we're not, well, as I, I mentioned, the two guys I worked with, um, Patty and Jack, two Irish guys. So that's who I promoted with, and we became best friends. But the two of them weren't really um, into using or they drank, you know, every once in a while. But I think that just that's that just showed how I, I had an addictive personality because I would gladly get fucked up on my own. I'd gladly call my dealer and go out with a couple of grams of coke and and start drinking on my own. I didn't I didn't I didn't have to have certain people around me to get fucked up or anything. You know, and that was that was the kind of sad thing about it. But um, <clears throat> yeah, you, as I said before, you're just in the, that environment. You're around these people, and they're constantly egging you on. And even some like didn't even want to drink, and then it just all it takes is one person or one girl, and they're throwing shots down your fucking throat. And I'm just like, holy fuck! So I suppose <clears throat> that's when I started, um, I suppose, breaking down mentally inside, um, because you constantly had to go to go to the club with a, with a happy face, happy smile face and like man we we hosted 27 parties a week which Holy was absolutely shit. crazy from from monday to sunday night and that consisted of like dinners rooftop parties brunches bowl parties sometimes sometimes penthouse parties and yeah it was crazy so like you know i go i could work monday to friday and friday night i'd end up back at a house party and i get no sleep and then the Saturday, I have to be at a brunch at 2 o'clock to 5. And then a day party, 6 to 10. And then a nightclub at midnight to 3. And then I might continue going going through on a Sunday. And I might not get to sleep till 7. So there was, there was, not, there was times, man, I wasn't sleeping for, you know, 30 hours. And, you know, that's when my anxiety started happening as well. And I was wondering, what the fuck is going on here? And it was just... I was uh, I was just feeding my body with toxins, man, and then I was suffering from it, you know. Mm. That's you know, and <clears throat> that's I, I can tell you kind of relate as well because 
there's times, you know, and people who kind of listen to this, um, maybe if you're brand new, you don't know my whole story, but I, I literally, I did like a, a tell all podcast. I think my second episode okay. on this, on this show. Yeah. And, you know, I talked about all this crazy shit as well. Um, <laughs> so I can totally relate when you, when you're like, you know, you're trying to go out and not drink, but you know, it's, it's when you're in that environment, you know, and so often, mm. you know, and, and we talk about this all the time <clears> and it doesn't matter what you're trying to do, but your environment dictates everything. Like whatever's happening around you, you get, you're going to be sucked into. And, yeah. you know, I, I heard, or I listened, I, f- I forget where I heard it. Maybe I made it up. <laughs> no, I won't take credit for it, but <laughs> I heard it somewhere that, you know, successful people, <laughs> successful people, it's not, it's not like that they're better or it's not like that. They've got this insanely better discipline what they actually do is they just don't put themselves around temptation, you know? And, and I was hearing this around like people, you know, guys or, or women who are like maybe cheat or things like this. And it's like, you know, when they get invited to that party by all those women and or whatever, they just don't put themselves in that situation because, you know, willpower can only last so long, you know, environment yeah. is stronger than willpower, <clears throat> you know? So how, how did you kind of start to, transition out of this then like what 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 was it for you where you woke up something would have had to shift along the way somewhere right we were like i gotta get the fuck out of here yeah yeah it's a good point you make though as well about putting yourself you know around those people and i think um that was one thing where you know post love island um i was hurting mentally and then obviously it was becoming um so obvious with my appearance as well because I was losing I was losing um, incredible amount of weight and I just when you're on the show so or this is post love violence after so I suppose yeah this is after love violence but this is when it came apparent that I was I was kind of um, changing but um, I suppose <clears throat> if we go back to pre love violence there was just certain times I suppose you were talking about um, suicidal attempts and that but it was um, yeah man I, there was just one night where. You know, I, I got I got extremely high and I was drinking a lot and I suppose, you know, I tried to take my life one of the times and my friend had kind of stopped me from doing that. But it was um that was kind of the first first time where I was like, Okay, I can't do this anymore, you know. This is just it's not healthy. I'm not going to I'm not gonna survive if I keep doing this. But, you know, the addiction in me as well, that 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 didn't last that long, I suppose, maybe a week or two. And then um also I'm back I'm back in the in I'm back on this fast fast train, like but um yeah man, I, I, I unfortunately I had a lot of those um scenarios mm-hmm. where I would tell myself that I'm never gonna do this again, but I suppose the addict in me always 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 wanted wanted to get back out there, you know? Yeah. So, you know, pe- people look at you from the outside, right? And be like, good looking mm-hmm. dude, club promoter, got his shit together and don't know what's going on the inside. And mm-hmm. then, you know, here you are attempting to take your own life one day. <clears throat> what, like, what, what was kind of happening around that time? Like, obviously that was a bit of a, like, a wake up call for you, right? We were like, I guess something's got to fucking change. But, you know, what, what's some advice you can kind of, because I know you're a really big advocate and kind of, you know, bringing awareness to this, but being able to help mm-hmm. people. What's you know how people always talk about, you know, ask people, are they okay? And all that crap. Yeah. What's some kind of advice you, you could sort of give? Cause you've been in that state. I've been in that state. What's some advice you yeah. could kind of give to people that are listening to right now that maybe can't relate. Cause they're like, well, how could you ever 
imagine doing mm. that. You know, it looks like you're, you got your life together. Yeah, I think you mentioned it there when people are saying, you know, make sure you're asking your friends, are they okay? But I think sometimes that's actually not enough because I know mm. when I was struggling, I was constantly getting calls from my family, constantly getting calls from my friends. And obviously because I was living halfway around the world or living, you know, 3,000 miles away. <clears throat> I suppose it's not really enough as well because looking back at it now, I was struggling inside and I was just lying the whole time, constantly lying, telling, telling people I'm fine. I'm fine where I wasn't. So, um, yeah, man, I, I would have, I would have, honestly, I would have, um, I would have gone to seek professional help earlier. Um, I found going to um, a psychiatrist helped me extremely, going to see a counselor. Was there I know some people stopped, are afraid to do Sorry, but, was there anything that like stopped you? Like, why didn't you do it earlier? I suppose just my ego, man. My ego, uh, I was just, you know, I, I would have thought I was able to beat this myself. I would have been embarrassed if I was just going to see a psychologist. And I think that's, there's a stigma around going to see a psychologist or a counselor or something. I think it's just like, Oh, you know, I'm giving up or, um, I'm afraid what people are going to think. And it's just not the case really, you know, and my friend had kind of put it into perspective with me one time. He's just like, if you want to get fit, right, you go, you go hire a personal trainer. So if you want to help what's going on inside in your head, go see a psychiatrist, go see a counselor. It's the exact same thing when you put it that way. And I think, you know, um, as I said, it has a stigma around it, but I think it's becoming more normal mm-hmm. to seek help with your mental health and suicidal thoughts or whatever, the eating disorders, mental health covers everything, man, you know? Um, so I think um, for me coming out like this and spreading awareness, I think it's going to make a lot of people feel more comfortable around my age, um, my gender and stuff like that. Because, man, I've only been talking about my story the last couple of months and I've gotten a lot of, a lot of messages from people asking advice. And the one thing I do say is, you know, make sure you're telling your family, your friends, but you know, go, don't be afraid go see a psychiatrist, go see a counselor. It helped me tremendously. Yeah. yeah and that, and that, that's such a good point as well. You know, if you want to, and, and I talk about this all the time, like I'm always talking about like, you need a coach. Like if you mm-hmm. want to make money in business, you go find someone who has it, you get them to teach you how to do it. And sometimes people, and, and like, I can totally relate and, and it is kind of a challenging thing. And I think you just kind of have to make this decision yourself, but take that step of courage and then the confidence will, will follow. But yeah, you know, if, cause in this area, cause I went through the same stuff when I was 19, 20 and it was like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it. It's cause like, I'm going to beat it myself. It's like, I use my own, but when you think back into everything else, okay. Like if you're, if you're not crushing in one area of life, there's just something you haven't learned yet. You need to go seek advice, seek help from somebody. You, you never use like, how, how did you learn how to read English? How did you learn how to do maths? You know, did you use your own, did you use your own gut instincts? Did you try to do it yourself or did you go and get a teacher? You go and get, you know, and if, yeah. like you're saying, if you want to yeah. go to the gym and become freaking jacked, you go, you go get a personal <laughs> trainer and, you know, and, and I, you know, my advice to people that are struggling or aren't even struggling, mm-hmm. like even people who, I don't think anyone's all got it together. Like I have a coach. I don't see a yeah. therapist, but I see coaches that, that work on my mind and work mm-hmm. on my, my internal emotions. Like, you know, even, even this whole year, there's been a crazy whirlwind for lots of people. And there's been moments even for me this year where I've been like, what the fuck is going on? You know, why am I feeling like, like this? And, and yeah. there was even one moment, like, and I, I haven't shared this actually um, to fucking anybody. So I'll say it, <laughs> but you know, I had a massive fucking breakdown this year. 
and yeah, it's out of nowhere, and it just happened. I was like, and because I, it's like I was able to kind of go out of my own my own body, see what was happening, and be like, yeah, bro, you're not happy. There's mm-hmm. something missing. Step up, go and just talk to someone. And it, it did yeah. take a lot of courage. And I was just like, I just reached out to one of my friends who's like really in this space. I was like, yo, can we just chat for a second? I'm like, that's all I want to say. And then, you know, and then it was just, you know, that's all I had to do was just that first thing. And she's like, hey, can we just chat for a sec? And then she knew. Yeah. yeah, let's talk. You know, and, and it was just, it wasn't like a, you know, like no one has to reach out or anything like that. You know, like it, it was just mm-hmm. like a, mm-hmm. you know, I think we all go through moments where it's, it's easier and then it's harder and it's easier and it's harder. And I think yeah, the big thing that makes people stay there is they think it's they're weak or it's embarrassing for kind of talking, but it's literally just like your mind is a muscle as well. Go and find mm-hmm. someone yeah. who coaches that and go and perfect yeah. it and become the best you can. And that's all it is. You're, you're training your mind to become stronger, you know? And I think that's something that, man, if, if, if we had this conversation one year ago, I'd be like, shut the fuck up. You know, like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. But it's, it's, again, it's like going back to having a life coach. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a year later, you're going to be more mentally strong. You're going to have your shit together. You're going to be organized. Having a personal trainer, you're going to look a lot better. You're going to be a lot fitter. You might have some, you, you even might have some abs coming, coming through. So it's about, um, yeah, man, just sometimes, as I said, I mentioned my ego before. My ego fucking held me back so much bro and you know i just kind of had to drop that man and just admit okay i need help here so yeah i need a professional you know, you know and one of the hardest things for people to actually say is i need help for some reason like i i love saying it like i actually love admitting that i'm lost because i know that the second <laughs> after you admit you know you don't have it all together and you can ask someone yeah. for help in any area that's when you're gonna yeah. start progressing and exactly. You, exactly. You know, it's just a matter of actually just going like yeah okay ego just shut up for a second like because my ultimate goal here is not to be right my ultimate goal is just to be the fucking best the happiest the healthiest yeah. the wealthiest i can be and live a joyful life right mm-hmm. um yeah. do so how, how did this kind of have an impact let's fast forward to love island now like how did you have yeah. to have an impact on the island tell us what was all your experience what's some juicy bits what's some bits that people don't mm-hmm. know about let's hear about it yeah so um first of all love island usa um it was it was the first season but the it didn't make any sense, man. I remember getting a call. Oh, you're on it. And I was like, oh, this is I'm like, my fucking life has changed, you know, thinking at it at the time. And uh, I was like, where is it? And they were like, oh, it's in Fiji. I was like, what the fuck, man? Uh, I, I, an American reality show. And we're, I'm getting on a plane. I'm going out of America, 14 hours flight or whatever it was, to Fiji. And I was like, what the fuck? So first, um, when I landed in Fiji, it was such an anticlimax, man, because... I'm going on the show. I'm told I'm going to be the first five contestants on the show. And then I'm thrown into a hotel, my phone taken off me. And then, you know, you hear some, you hear from producers after a day or two or something like that. But I wasn't used to that confinement in, in the room. And I end up being in that. Room was held for a bombshell. If anyone watched the show, you know, you have five, five guys, five girls that go into the show to the villa and then they throw in a guy and girl here and there so um yeah mentally i wasn't doing well because i i, had, I was just so isolated man i i had i was in contact with my chauffeur the guy who was bringing me, bring me bring me to the gym to the pool around the beach whatever but um, how long how long I, were you in the room for 
um, before. 15, 15 days. I 15, went into the villa at 15. Yeah. So, so you like, couldn't leave your hotel room. It's like, it's like a pre thing. Or... Uh, yeah. So it's almost like a lockdown, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're ready for lockdown. Hey? I, I know I could, um, I could go to the gym. Obviously I was up for breakfast, but it was straight there and back. And, but it just wasn't, it was, wasn't something I was used to, man. I was always used to being, having my phone because at the time I was a promoter and, yeah. and that's another thing as well. I was completely addicted to my phone. So I was not used to not having that contact with anyone. Um, you know, I hadn't, I suppose for that two weeks, I didn't drink as well. So that was another new experience at the time as well. I wasn't used to that. Oh, so um, you, you would have, yeah. you would have been in <clears throat> rehab yourself. You would have had no drugs or alcohol for the first time in, in a long time. I suppose looking back at it now, yeah, you you can you you can kind of kind of call it a detox, I suppose. Yeah, because yeah. you know, obviously, but coming up to Love Island, I knew I was going to get some sort of drug test, so I kind of took it easy on the cocaine. But I was still popping Adderall, bro. I was still smoking weed. I was still drinking two or three nights a week. So that those two weeks was a little detox. <laughs> looking back <laughs> at it, and. Yeah, definitely had an effect on my mental health, and then obviously going into the villa then as well. I, I didn't, I didn't feel, I didn't feel myself. Um, something wasn't right, man. Something wasn't right, and I think that's why it definitely played a factor into why I wasn't in there that long. Because uh, for anyone that hasn't watched it, um, watch it. I come in on episode three. What um, what happened? Which was <laughs> se- season one? Season one. Season one. Episode I come in three. episode episode three or four. I think so I'm on for I'm in there a week so for for any Love Island fans out there the, what week, did you yeah. do well, what did you do in that <laughs> week <laughs> I know I know but for any Love Island fans the Love Island Australia and USA I believe or UK I believe is eight weeks but the USA one was only four weeks ah, first season was four okay. weeks so you lasted a quarter yeah. of the time that's pretty good then yeah yeah I used to tell people I was in there 10, 11 days just to make it sound a little better. But no. <laughs> <laughs> now that, so, that was my ego talking, not anymore. So, so what, what was the experience like in there? Because, you know, like I've had, we, we actually had Johnny Mitchell on the show as well. He's a good friend of mine. He was on the yeah. um, UK. He was on yeah. UK Love Island. And we're having a bit of a chat there. But he, he was talking a lot about like what was happening after. But, um, you know, what, what was the during process kind of like? Like what's the experience like? Like being on TV? Yeah, and- it's, I suppose... It's like at the time I was loving it because I was like, oh, I'm going to be on national television here on CBS and it's aired whatever five, six nights a week. But you don't, you're not really thinking that when you're in there. I suppose you're just trying to make that connection, quote unquote connection as every... I'm fine, love. Um, yeah, love. Yeah, as <laughs> said, that's what everyone says. Um, but uh, yeah, it was weird, man. It was very weird. I think instantly when I came in there, oh, this, is, this is class. But the girls that are in there... Are, we didn't really vibe. Um, the guys in there were great, man. I, I, I had such a great time in there. But as we call it, I was like, because I remember one of the producers were like, you're not, you're not here to make friends. You're here to find a girl. So I was like, okay, I have to kind of remind myself that. But it was just very weird, man. You had no track of time. You didn't know what time you were waking up. You didn't know what time you were going to sleep. The days were very, very long. Um, I was str- but I knew I was struggling mentally. I didn't, I didn't want to be there after two or three days. I was like, yeah. this is, and that effort got me to seven days in, in the villa. But um, it's tough, man. It is very tough. Like, um, you know, you're they're constantly kind of drag, trying to drag stuff out of you just for mm-hmm. for te- for for television. And um, 
don't get me wrong, it, it is all, all real. There's nothing scripted or anything like that, but <clears throat> it's definitely mentally challenging, like, you know. Yeah, like I've, I've had friends on shows, you know, and, and they, they say it's like, you know, the producers are psychologists and they manipulate the crap out of you. They manipulate somebody else and they'll, they'll create things and create all this drama. And they, um, you know, at least this show that yeah. he was on, right? And he's like, you know, they don't feed you for like so long. So you're freaking hangry. And you're just a careless drama, and I'm like, far out, bro. It sounds wild, man. Like I, you know, I, I would love you to give like it a he crack. He was on Survivor or something. Yeah, it sounds like it, right? Um, <laughs> I, I would love to give it a crack and go on a show, but my only thing, I just don't think I could go without my shakes and e shots. Like, like I, I'd have to okay. bring my protein okay. shakes with me, right? Like, <laughs> but dude, <clears throat> what, what, what happens after the show, though? So I would have thought you know, you go on something like that and you're like a celebrity after. Do you not get paid for all these things and you kind of pop things off? Mm. So I signed... So for anyone listening, right, the USA one was season one. So I'd actually... before When I got asked to do the USA one, I was asked to do the UK one as well. And looking back at it now, UK one was so much bigger, so much bigger. But you don't... I didn't know that at the time. I was expecting big things from the USA one. But post of Ireland coming off the Island Man, I was so drained, so drained. But I had actually signed a three-month contract with a PR agency in UK. So they had set up some media. So about a week after I came back from Love Island, I was doing media in Toronto. Um, so I kind of had that celebrity experience, you know, flights paid for, getting collected by a driver, being brought to the hotel, being brought on set, doing live TV, everything like that. So that is, and radios and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. But I suppose, man, I just went back to my old ways after, after that, that week. Um, I went straight back into nightlife, which I shouldn't have had done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had some opportunities with working with different brands, modeling agencies, but I, I didn't want to, I didn't want any of that, man. I just, I suppose I was, I was, um, I was away from the nightlife scene which felt like so, so such a long time that I knew that's where I wanted to be. That I knew I was addicted to that. I wanted to go straight back into it. Everything that I shouldn't have done, I did, um, which was going back into work, working and going back into using, man. And that's where my addiction just fucking escalated everywhere. Because I was using almost every day, man, as soon as I went home, because I felt like I hadn't got high, I hadn't mm. drank it so long. And I just went fucking, I just went crazy, man. So what's, what's happening now though, right? So you've gone down this, you know, and which is pretty common as well. People that are going crazy one way, then they go off a little bit and they kind of relapse more. What's your life looking like now? Uh, Great, man. I've never, I suppose, how should I put that? Yeah. I've never felt better physically and mentally. And then, then, then since I've been living on this earth 27 years, I've, I've never felt better. Um, obviously I went, came home, went to, into rehab. Um, I re, I did relapse. I was sober five and a half months and then I relapsed and I kind of, you know, I was drinking for the summer and then something just hit me. I was like, you know what, this isn't for me anymore. I gotta, I gotta get my shit together. So uh, I'm doing a personal trainer course at the moment. So I'll be fully qualified this year. Um, you know, I'm obviously, as you can see, I'm doing my Movember. So spreading awareness on men's mental health and wellness. Um, I'm doing a cool fundraiser this Christmas with um, a non-profit organization called PA The House. So they help people um, who are struggling with suicidal um, 
thoughts and mental health and stuff like that. So I figured um, looking back on my last Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, it was definitely one of the lowest points of my life. Um, I was I spent I spent getting high alone. I spent Christmas alone. Like you know, I remember I'd broken a lot of the relationships I built with my friends in New York, and due to my addiction, you know, I was I was alone for Christmas, unfortunately. And um, so this year, I've, I've, I felt like I've, I've completely um, changed my life around. It's complete 360. So when I challenge myself mentally and physically and by spreading awareness and helping people who are struggling, you know, so I'm going to do um, I'm going to do a full marathon in from Christmas Eve at 12 noon all the way through to Christmas Day at 12 noon. So no sleep um, two kilometers on the hour every hour for 24 hours. Man, that's so freaking cool. That's that's epic yeah. from last Christmas to this Christmas. And uh I look forward to you gonna be documenting that and chuck it on your Instagram and all that stuff. That'd be that'd be yeah. freaking cool. <laughs> um yes. one, one be, thing um, I'd love sorry, what? I'll be launching it December first, so just have a look yeah. out for that. Um, I love it. to find out more about it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, bro. Um you want one thing I'd love to kind of hear is you know, we were talking before this podcast started and you were saying you know, you guys are just going back into lockdown. This is what I really want people to kind of hear. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people can probably relate to this regardless of if they have any addictions or not. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people have, uh, you know, we've got our six human needs and one of them is certainty. And when we're lacking one human need, we, we feel really fucking off. And that's what's happening in the world right yeah. now. There's no certainty. No one knows actually yeah. with full certainty what the fuck is going on. And when that happens, things start to get, we get a little bit out of balance, you know? So I know a lot of people uh, are struggling, you know, and it's mm. a little bit off a little bit, you know, cause a lot of people kind of, I love uncertainty. So that's one of the other human needs is actually uncertainty variety. I love that. Yeah. So I, I quite, you know, I get a little bit of enjoyment. I go, Oh my God, I wonder what could happen now. I wonder what I can get back on a plane. Like, Hmm, it's crazy. Oh, what? We're in lockdown again? Oh, okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. I just yeah. adapt. I adapt, but through years of conditioning <laughs> that, but I know a lot of people like, yeah. I, I need that certainty. So, you were saying that the first lockdown this year, mentally compared to right now, you're a complete different person. So what's some, how, how do you mean with that? Cause I think a lot of, cause in Australia here, a lot of places going back in lockdown, you guys are mm. like, who knows what the hell's going to happen. So how can people kind of, uh, adopt themselves a little bit better this time? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. It's very relevant as well. Cause I feel, that's the question that everyone's kind of asking themselves as well, you know, is okay. So we're told that our lockdown is, is going to be um, over December 1st, but it's that uncertainty, man. You don't really know if the government are telling the truth or you don't really know, is it safe enough to do so? But um, yeah, man, I think, I think the problem is with a lot of people, they're looking too far into the, into the future sometimes and rather than trying to keep it in the present moment and in the day and in, in that week, you know, that's what I do, man. I try and keep everything in, in the day, plan my days out accordingly and, um, you know, take everything I need to do to have my to-do list. I'm a big, I'm getting into gratitude, man, and I'm, I'm reading a lot more into gratitude as well. And I'm actually doing a course tonight on gratitude, on morning routine and everything. So yeah, it's it. about, um, yeah, man, I suppose it's about adapting, man, because I think humans... Are, are more resilient than it than they think man and um me saying this now is just it's 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 proven because 
compared to last lockdown, I, I wouldn't have been able to talk like this. I wouldn't have been able to do a gratitude list because I, I wouldn't have given a shit, like, you know? So I think it's just very important, man, to just <clears throat> try and keep it in the present moment rather than looking too far into the future because I think that causes anxiety and unknown, like, fat. like you, you, you don't know what's going to happen. So you just got to be able to work on yourself, um, spend time with your family, you know, do what's best for you and try and keep it in the present moment, you know? Yeah. You know, like that's, that's what happens. Like I think, you know, anxiety comes into this present moment when we're thinking about the future, which we can't mm. control and guilt, no. guilt comes into the present when we're focusing about the past that we also can't control, yeah. but you'll only ever find peace and happiness right here, right now. And of course, of course. And I, I think, you know, and a lot of people are getting mad. Like, yes, here's the thing. And I was on a call this morning with someone and she was so fucking mad about something that happened. I said, you know what do you what do you want from this like are you trying to be it's it's because you're trying to be right you know and she's like well i am right that's why i can be mad i'm like yeah well what's the goal would you rather be right or would you rather be happy like what are, yeah. what are we you know what i mean you can jump up and down all you want and worry about all these other things and be like you know so righteous you'd be like you don't this is you know but like who who gives a fuck the ultimate goal in life is just to get by happily be, yeah, be happy course, right? be, at, be at peace and you know so in, in a world where there's so many things out of our control i guess what you're saying is really hone your focus in on the things that we can control ourselves yeah, exactly ourselves. it's it's how you react to it because if it's out of your control there's nothing you can do you can only actually control how you react and how what you're going to do for yourself you know yes that makes sense yeah absolutely yeah. i agree man that that's why that's why i do this show that's why I do this show, yeah. just to put out a ton of value for people to, you know, and I'm all about living in the present moment. Like, I, I have no idea what I'm doing tomorrow. Absolutely no idea. Yeah. But I know my life's scheduled out for the next two weeks in advance. Um, but what I do is, so that just allows me to be right here with you right now. The only place I ever want to be on this earth is right here with you, like in this yeah. moment. And it's the only thing I ever do because this is where we can just be grateful. And we, we can be happy and we can, you know, and I think it's just really learning to kind of slow down and, and be here. but. I've created a life like that where I don't want to know what's happening tomorrow. I wake up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I check my calendar. I said, I could be playing golf tomorrow morning for all I know. I have no idea. But I might, I might wake up and be like, like I did this week. I woke up and I actually had my whole morning. It just said free time. I was like, Oh my God, I got free time. Sweet. I'm going to go shopping. I was been shopping. Yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah. you like, it's so, and that's, that's what I like to do. So I like to, you know, you, like anyone kind of do that. Like I just sit down on a Sunday and I schedule a week ahead every week, but I'm two weeks ahead. So I'll just write out roughly what I want to do. And then I have an assistant that actually books in every, everything else. So any calls or anything like that, I don't want to worry about it. All the things I don't enjoy yeah. doing, yeah. I get someone else to do for me. So I can just spend all my time being right here right now. Um, but, nice. you know, I'm glad you mentioned the morning routine as well. Because like I did a whole show on that, one of the episodes on literally mastering your morning routine. Because that is a game yeah. changer. I got I to take a listen. Because I'm still, I'm still learning but I find it's like, it's so important, man. So I actually just got these journals sent to me as well. And it's, it's, it's going to change. It's going to change how I think, how I do, how I feel, everything, man, everything. So I'm definitely excited for that. But I think it's something that does take time. It's not like, mm-hmm. oh, you wake up and you have a morning routine. I think it's trial and error as well. What works well for you? Um, because, because at the end of the day, if I'm doing A and B, it doesn't mean that you're able to do A and B. You might be C and C and D might suit you a lot better, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's finding what works for you um, and sticking to it. Yeah. 
I love it, dude. Mate, this yeah. has been freaking epic. Uh, I've been loving having you on, dude. Where where can everybody find you on Instagram, follow along your journey yeah. and cheer you on with this marathon you get to run? Nice one, bro. Uh, so my Instagram is I am Cormac Murphy. Um, so I'll be, obviously, as I said before, I'll be kind of launching this uh, fundraiser December 1st and then obviously I'll be running it uh, Christmas Eve. So uh, um, yeah, man, um, stay tuned. Give me a like, a follow. Anything that will support as well, and um, you know, I'm gonna raise the, I'm gonna raise some awareness um, around around the holiday season as well, because I think it's very important, man. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, Christmas is such a big time. It's it's some people's favorite time of the year, but it's also a very lonely time for some people as well. So I think um, me doing this, I think hopefully will um, spread some awareness and um, make feel make some people people feel uh, comfortable. Yeah, I love it, bro. Yeah. Wicked, dude. Well, to wrap this interview up, I've got one final question for you. Are you ready? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, do you actually like Guinness? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's not a question. <laughs> but I love Guinness. <laughs> you know what? Guinness, Guinness are bringing out, um, or they've brought out their zero Guinness. Oh, really? So they're not, yeah, non alcoholic Guinness. So wow. that's what I'll be drinking for this Christmas. Non alcoholic Guinness. <laughs> yes i love that dude all right so final question is this though if you were to go back to your 18 year old self and give him 30 seconds of advice what would it be yeah um <clears throat> enjoy yourself as much as possible but um try and stay disciplined um plan out your day plan out your week and read some fucking books, man. When I was 18, I did not read any fucking books. And I feel like, I, I feel like I'm so far behind on reading books. But it was just one thing. I could not sit, sit down and read a book. But I feel there's so much insight, insightful books out there. So that, that would be one thing, man. Read some fucking books. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, if you know anyone else who is as passionate for life as they are successful, then please send them my way. I'd absolutely love to have them on the show. As Zig Ziglar says, if you help enough people get what they want in life, you'll have everything you want. So that's why each month I'm choosing one lucky person who has left a review to have a free private 30-minute coaching call with me. So guys, if you got some value or inspiration from this, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 10 seconds and leave a five-star review and you'll go in the draw to win the call. And if you could share this with a friend, I would be forever grateful. Until next time, guys, I've got your back. Go out and dream out loud.